Thanks for tuning in to the Seattle Moodcast. I'm Tamara Labicki. In today's episode, I interview Limood Seattle 2020 presenter Jessica Ost. Jessica talks about the JCC's Giving Initiative for Teens. This is a program in which teens act as a micro-foundation to award grants to local nonprofits based on Jewish values. Jessica says being in the program helps teens strengthen their Jewish identity. This really helps them solidify, like, I'm Jewish. Here's how I speak to being Jewish. Maybe it's not religion. Maybe it's not the holidays. Maybe it's not living in a Jewish community. But GIFT has given me this place in in the Jewish world. So to start off, could you give us a short intro to the program you run at the JCC? Yeah, sure. So the program I run at the JCC is called the Giving Initiative for Teens, or GIFT. So I'm going to refer to it as GIFT from here on out. And it's a Jewish teen philanthropy program where high school students talk about their Jewish values, Jewish identity, explore Jewish texts, and with that, they go through a grant-making process. So they essentially are acting as a micro-foundation. So at the beginning of the year, they pick an issue that they want to focus on. They learn from experts in the field. So this year, they're focused on substance abuse addiction and homelessness and poverty. Yeah, they learn about the issue. They fundraise their grant-making pools, and they create requests for proposals to send out to real nonprofits where they apply for grants, and the teens read through the proposals, and they go on site visits. And it's like a really immersive, hands-on experience for Jewish teens to learn how their Jewish identity impacts how they want to help the community. Wow, that sounds amazing. Yeah, it's it's pretty great. We're in our second year of the program. So it launched last year, and it's part of a national, like there's a national Jewish teen movement through the Jewish Teen Funders Network. So yeah, we started last year in 2018, 2019, and it's been great. It's been a ton of fun. So you mentioned that they use Jewish values and they focus on their Jewish identity. Mm-hmm. So I was wondering if you could highlight a few of those Jewish values. And then also I'm curious, how do you talk about identity in that setting? Yeah. So right now I have three cohorts of GIFT. Each cohort are this micro-foundation. And so in the beginning of the school year, they pick their group values, their group Jewish values. I mean, we talk about Maimonides' ladder of giving, of like what's the highest quote-unquote level of giving. We talk about Perkei Avot, ethics of our fathers. We will talk about the weekly Torah portion, like whatever is relevant either in current Jewish calendar life or just anything. If, if, if it's a kind of downtime in the Jewish calendar, I'll find something else to bring it back to. So they pick guiding values that help them throughout the year. So one group, they talk about sustainability, compassion, responsibility, pursuing peace, not standing idly by. These Jewish values, which are inherent values to all humans everywhere, but we look at it in a Jewish frame and where it appears in Jewish text or from a Jewish leader who has exhibited these values. So that's what makes it a Jewish value. 
is your role partly to, once they've identified the Jewish values that they want to focus on, your role is to find the texts that match those values? Yes, I will bring them to the monthly meetings. I try to get creative in the way I bring it to them. So I actually met with the teens a few days ago, and I ended up running out of a lot of time. But we did get some chances to talk about how Tubi Shvat can be related to what we're doing in GIFT. At every meeting on the walls, all of the values are up on the wall because even though they they decide on their, their group Jewish values, I want them to think about what's important to them and like what gets them going and what makes them want to give. So I have those up on the wall. And what's really nice is actually like this past week, they were reading through the proposals of the organizations that they're considering moving forward on site visits. And like they're in these small groups and they're reading the proposals and they're asking, I mean, really amazing questions. And they're really getting very thorough with how to read it and how to evaluate. I don't know, there were a few kids who would get up and go look at the values and just like reflect in their own head and their own thoughts of how does this value appear in this proposal, which is pretty cool that they're actually thinking about how that impacts them. So those values are like always present and then it's different texts that I'm trying to bring to the group. So another thing that you talked about was working on their Jewish identity within Mm -hmm. this group. So I feel like identity can kind of mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. So in what way is gift a way of solidifying a Jewish identity? Hmm. Yeah, so I think, like you said, people identify in so many ways about being Jewish. What I'm really proud about for this program, one of many things, is that we have Jewish teens from all over the Jewish spectrum, if you will. We have teens that have never had a bar bat mitzvah, maybe come from interfaith families, like really haven't done anything Jewish to teens who are Orthodox and they're involved with youth group and, you know, whatever. Like we've got teens from all over and this is a chance for them to come together and be Jewish in whatever way, shape or form speaks to them and to learn with each other, like what being Jewish is to them. One of the core tenets of Judaism is giving back to the community and Tzedakah. And so this gives them that opportunity to like really hone in on that. And especially at such a young age, I think it's particularly formative that hopefully this will set a lifelong journey of giving and Tzedakah. And whether that means that they now want to get really involved with the Jewish community or stay involved in the Jewish community or give only to Jewish organizations or non-Jewish, like they can go so many directions from here. So I think that this really helps them solidify like I'm Jewish. Here's how I speak to being Jewish. Maybe it's not religion. Maybe it's not the holidays. Maybe it's not living in a Jewish community. But gift has given me this place in, in the Jewish world, which which makes me really happy. <laughs> so you talked about how tzedakah is a tenet of Judaism, giving back to your community. So what I was wondering is, like, do you start out these programs by giving them a cultural context for how tzedakah has played itself out in Judaism? That comes up through Jewish texts. So we'll talk about how Jewish communities traditionally, and especially like in Eastern Europe, they have like a pot of money that they reserve to help people when they're in dire situations. So like we talk about that. We talk about how it has showed up in the Torah. We talk about at different holidays when you give and why you give and where you give to. 
I don't know if we talk about it historically. Yeah, I guess just like the broader cultural understanding, which I think often includes historical practices. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, they learn a little bit about foundations. Over the summer before the program started, we went to the Bill and Melinda Gates Visitor Center so they could understand like what philanthropy on a big level looks like. And I, you know, kept reminding them like we're doing this on a much more micro level. But I mean, the teens are doing what their foundation is doing. They're reading through how organizations want to use their money to better the world, which is what the foundation's doing. So, so we do like a little bit of what's going on in our current world and how it's affected Jews in previous generations and different points in time. So I noticed on the JCC website that GIFT is actually part of a larger group. So it's called Jewish Teen Funders Network Foundation Board Incubator. So first of all, what does the board incubator mean? Yeah. And also, do you know the history of that program? How long it has existed? its history and how it came to Seattle. So the Jewish Teen Funders Network is actually an organization in New York. The Giving Initiative for Teens, the Strum Jewish Community Center, is part of the Foundation Board Incubator. So JTFN has provided financial and programmatic resources for our first three years of incubation, of like getting out into the community. They provide resources and networking opportunities for professionals who are in this field. We came to them and submitted a grant to bring this program here. That's how we're involved with them. And they're great. Like they are a super supportive organization and like they just want us to succeed. And however that manifests. So Seattle is one of 10 communities around the world that is part of this foundation board incubator program. There are Jewish teen philanthropy programs all over the country and in Israel and Canada and Australia. So like through JTFM, we actually have tried to connect teens in different ways. Last year, we all did a Skype candle lighting for Hanukkah. And like there were some technology issues, but it was cool. The teens, we all had like a computer and then we were all in one computer and everybody could see the 15 teens in Indianapolis, the 20 teens in Philadelphia. And it was a cool way to see that they're all working on the same thing, but in different parts of the country and around the world. So, so yeah, that's who JTFN is. They're part of the Jewish Funders Network, which is an organization that connects Jewish funders, Jewish philanthropists who are donating a certain amount of their income or money each year. But I don't know much more about them. But they're <laughs> okay. based out of New York. So yeah. Great. So when you mentioned how many teens are in different cities, it brought to mind another thing that I read on the website, which is that I read that in the first year you had planned for 20 spots, but got so many amazing applications that you ended up having 34 teens and you had to split them into two groups. So I was just wondering if you could tell us a little bit about that. Why are so many teens in Seattle just, like, so excited to join this group, learn the skills, be part of the community? Like, what's at play with having much more of an interest than you even planned for? Yeah, it was very exciting. Um, And it still is exciting. In our second year, we now have have 50 kids involved with the program. We were expecting, like, 30 at this point. So it's really an awesome issue that we had to accommodate. 
but why are teens so interested? I think that Jewish teens and Jewish families here are really focused on social justice,、um, and maybe more so than other communities. I think I, there are so many of the teens in my program who are doing volunteer efforts, and volunteer work on a regular, consistent basis. And I mean, I've never worked directly with high school students as a professional, so I, I don't have much exposure to other communities, but. I really think that the families place an importance on this. When we were trying to get the word out about the program, other professionals were incredibly receptive to it, which was really helpful. So synagogues and youth groups and high schools and youth counselors and college counselors were just happy to have me come and talk about the program. So I think that the collaboration really allowed for more teens to get exposure to what this program is. I don't know what makes us special from other <laughs> communities. <laughs> so you mentioned that a lot of the teens volunteer as well as being part of this philanthropy group. So I was wondering, have you ever thought of the connection between volunteering and giving monetarily? Yeah, totally. We talk about that a lot, actually. And at the JCC, I also run a teen volunteer group called the Six Thirteens because of the Six Hundred and Thirteen Meets Vote. So we talk about that a little bit in gift as well. I think that the teens view volunteering and philanthropy in the same thought, which I support. That I think it's important, and you know we talk a lot about like how obviously nonprofits are always looking for money and ways to support their programs and support their staff and keep their buildings open, and we talk a lot about the importance of that, but. We also talk about how important it is to give your time as well, and that some people have more time and some people have more money or less or, you know, so on and so forth. So, I definitely encourage the teens to volunteer as well, and hopefully they're coming to some of the JCC volunteer opportunities that we have. Yeah. So another thing that I read on the website that they were emphasizing when they talked about this program is that it also builds certain skills. So they talk specifically about learning grant making, learning about nonprofit management, learning about fundraising. I was wondering if you could talk about those skills and practically, like, what are they doing? How are they learning those things? How do you see their skill levels? Start from the beginning and build up throughout the year. Yeah. So pretty early on in the program, we talk about nonprofits and the challenges that nonprofits have, and they go through an exercise where they learn to read a budget of a nonprofit, and they're like made up nonprofits, but they're pretty accurate, and they're teens, so they have like different ideas of like what money is, right? Like versus an adult, but they learn that. Nonprofits really are strapped for cash quite often, and it gives them a new perspective. And one thing I really try to talk with them about is overhead. Like that is generally not a very cool or exciting thing to fund for nonprofits. But you know, if if we don't have a building to run a program, how can you run that program? If you don't have a staff person to pay a salary, who's going to run these amazing programs? So、um, we talk about that, and they they learn how to budget. They learn. How the money comes in from grants, from individual donors, from fundraising events, and then they learn how it's spent,、um, and then they can kind of talk as a group of like whether they think that how the money is spent is effective or not. And I try to play devil's advocate, even if I agree with them or not, just to give them some perspective. 
so that's nonprofit. I mean, it's not really nonprofit management, but it's nonprofit understanding. And they, I give them a glossary of nonprofit terms that they should be familiar with because they do go through grants. That they decide if those grants and if those programs should receive their funding later in the year. So it's important that they know some nonprofit jargon in case it's used in it. And fundraising is a really big component of this program. So all of the money that they give away is money that they raise. And last year, out of the 34 teens, they fundraised $22,000. So they're very impressive, and like you know, they're giving away significant significant grants to the community. Yeah, we talk a lot about fundraising. And all different kinds of fundraising, one-on-one solicitations, and they all have their own fundraising page and social media and sending emails and like all the kind of nitty-gritties of fundraising, and they run with it, and they really exceeded my expectations last year, and I'm expecting that again this year. Yeah. Wow, twenty-two thousand—that's pretty amazing.、Mm-hmm. Um, so you have thirty-four different teens. I'm sure they each have their preference of how to fundraise,、mm-hmm. but is there are there a few different methods that you saw that they were more drawn to or that were more effective? I think the general feedback I got from them was that emailing was the most effective. I really encourage them to do face-to-face solicitations. I think it allows for more of their Personal connection to the issue that they're fundraising for, and their personal connection to the to gift, it allows that to come out a little bit more. They're also teens, so like you know, it might be hard for them to like get one on one. But I think emailing was pretty big. So actually, some of the JCC staff were really kind, and they offered to be contacted by the teens, so the teens could practice doing phone calls, and then the JCC staff donated to their cause, which was very generous of them. So. Thank you, JCC staff. So yeah, I, I want them to learn through fundraising. I mean, of course, the importance of like what one dollar can do, and I really, really emphasize that with them. That it's not just about the money, but it's also getting the word out there, and that they're advocating for this cause. So when they now this year, if they're talking about substance abuse addiction, they're making it known to the community that. Jewish teens in Seattle care about this issue, and even if you donate one dollar, like now that person who just donated one dollar is aware of this and can maybe spread the word. So it's a big part of of the program. So I was wondering, how do you pick the organizations that you solicit grants from, and what subset of them is actually interested in engaging with you guys, and then? What is the process of sifting through and eventually choosing the organizations that you choose to give to? Yeah. So, the teens research organizations that they want to send the proposal to, and then I will collect all those organizations. I send out the proposal, and then I'm also just doing my own research because I want to spread it as far and wide as possible so that more people will apply and. Actually, nonprofits that receive the proposal—they've been incredibly enthusiastic and supportive. They understand that even if they don't get chosen for funding, that they're helping the next generation with these important skills. And again, even if they don't get selected, now these teens know about this organization and know what they're doing and know how they're tackling whatever issue area. The organizations get the proposals and. I receive all of them, and then at one of the meetings, the teens 
kind of divide and conquer. So they are in smaller groups, and they go through the proposals, and they spend a really long time reading through them. They read through budgets,、uh, program budgets, and operating budgets, and then they report back to the group about what they learn about each organization. So that's actually another skill that they get in the program is a lot of public speaking. They have to. Know how to articulate an argument that they have, or just articulate information that they've digested to give back to the group. So they kind of whittle down to a few organizations that they want to move forward with, and then they'll go on site visits. So we actually go to the organizations, meet with the staff. If there are questions or something was unclear, they talk to the staff about it, and then after that, they report back to the other members in their group that weren't at the site visits, and then they decide, and then we have a big celebration at the end of the year. Where teens talk about how this program impacted them, and and we get to recognize the organizations, and they get big checks, and it's really fun. So another thing that the website mentioned is there is a community board of advisors. So I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about who is on that community board and how they interact. What kind of relationships or conversations are they having with the teens? So the advisory committee, there's like. Eight or nine adults from the community. They either have teens in the program, or they were identified as community members that would find an interest in this. And they've been incredibly supportive,、um, especially with this being a new program. I bounce ideas off of them. They helped with recruitment. They just kind of like keep me grounded on the program, with it being so new, especially. They don't interact with the teens all that much, actually. I mean, they they come to the grant celebration at the end of the year, and and they're supportive in their fundraising efforts. They want the teens to call them and email them to like get some more practice, but they don't interact with the teens all that much. I'm sure they would like to do it more, but like they're adults with their busy schedules, and but they've been a tremendous help, and I'm very grateful to have them as partners. So another thing I was thinking of, you said that this year's focus is substance abuse and addiction. I think that with doing as much research as they do and learning about the subject matter, they would really learn perspectives that they hadn't necessarily experienced before. So I'm wondering, and I don't know what the first year's focus area was, but I'm wondering if you saw a lot of growth. In the teens, or compassion, more wisdom—that knowledge that comes with experience.、Mm-hmm. So, actually, just to clarify, so there are three gift cohorts this year, and two of them are focused on substance abuse addiction, and one's focused on homelessness and poverty. So, we have a few different like issue areas going on. But to answer your initial question of like, have they gained new perspective? Yes, and they talk about it, and they're open about it. You know, I brought in professionals in those two fields, in substance abuse addiction and in homelessness and poverty. And after they came and talked to them, they did, they did interactive workshops with them to teach them more about it. And after they left, like the teens were just like, "I've learned so much. I've never thought about it like this. I never realized how hard this could be, or how hard that can be, or why people suffer this or that." And At all the meetings, I feel that there's been, I feel like they've gotten like closer because they can share more about what they've learned through this program. I mean, it can get really in, intense. I mean, especially these issues, and most of the issues are 
there are a lot for a teen to digest. To do it as a group in like this supportive and very open space is really important for them. And especially, I mean, a lot of them know kids their age that are affected by these issues, whether it's substance abuse addiction or homelessness and poverty. There are 16 different high schools represented in this program. So we have a lot of diversity with who's going to school where and with whom. And it gets pretty personal, um, but in a very like compassionate and understanding and patient way, which is amazing to see in anybody and amazing like in a group of, of teenagers to just be like compassionate towards one another. Right, for sure. Yeah. So that kind of leads me to my next question. I think a lot of times when adults look back on their teen years, they remember them as being hard, emotionally hard, psychologically hard. So I was wondering from your perspective, what do you see as the hard parts of being a teenager? Mm. And what does being in this group together that's like focusing on establishing a fund, doing a mission together, but also listening and being compassionate, how can being a part of a group like that help those problems? Mm -hmm. So I think the biggest stressor that I'm hearing from teens is academic pressure, mostly. I know they're really concerned about what college they're getting into and what they do after. Yeah, they have a lot going on in their lives. And I think just like time management, time management and the academic pressures that they have of like getting into the best college possible can really just create a lot of anxiety with them and a lot of competition and and that they're always connected to one another. So that like, you know, with social media, they can always see what somebody else is doing. And there's just, I think, maybe a lot of comparing as well. I hope that this program provides an outlet where ideally they can leave those stressors to the side for three hours a month when we meet and have them come together on something that's just so much bigger than any individual one of them or any, I mean, even them as a group. It's just these issues are like big and heavy. And I think it hopefully gives them perspective of like all the things that people are dealing with. And they do talk about that. And they'll say, you know, I'm so fortunate that I haven't had to experience X, Y, or Z. And they open up as well. So I'm hoping it creates like more of a open line of communication for like teen to teen and like teen to adult. So one thing that we have a tradition of in Judaism is giving that 10% to charity. And I think one nice thing about traditional Judaism is the acknowledgement of instituting good deeds as a habit, mm -hmm. like doing it over and over, like every day, every week, every month, however often the schedule is for you, but doing it in a way that it establishes itself in your life. So I was wondering, do you talk about that in your philanthropy group, making it a habit? Hmm. I haven't talked about that with the teens, um, so thanks for bringing that up. But we really talk with them about the importance of them putting effort in before they can ask others to or having skin in the game before they ask others to. So my example is when they're fundraising, it's important that they invest in this and that they give their own money to the program. Again, $5, $10, like whatever the amount is meaningful for them. 
before they can ask others to give. I'm sure there's somewhere, some text that says that that's a Jewish uh, value or a Jewish tradition, but I definitely want the teens to be part of the donor pool when they distribute the monies that they feel invested in it as well. Right, for sure. So one thing I was thinking of when I prepared is that I feel like a lot of adults have a kind of bleak view of the world right now, of the present, but also of the future. There are a lot of issues that seem really hard. Climate change, growing inequality. I was wondering, what do you get the sense of, like, the teens that you encounter? What's their perspective on that? I think that teens can also have a kind of negative view of what's going on now, particularly with climate change. I think that's like a really big issue on teens' minds. And also just politically, like we talked about that a lot at the last meeting, and I did not bring it up. I'm not going to talk about my politics in front of them, but they were just like very heated. And I think they also, I really think they feel hopeful about the future and they feel a responsibility about the future, which is why like one of the Jewish values that one of the groups has decided to focus on is responsibility, that they have to do something if they want to make sure that there's a beautiful world to live in and that people are treated fairly and equally. So I hope that they feel hopeful because we need them in order for our world to improve. (laughs) So I think that there can be like maybe initial bleak mindset, but I'm hoping that through this program and as they continue on and go to college that they'll feel hopeful and and continue to be inspired to to make change in the world because that's what they're doing in GIFT. And they, I think they really walk away from this program feeling like they made an impact and they do. I, I know they make an impact. I hope they walk away feeling that way as well. So I was wondering if someone wants to apply or they want to urge their kid to apply, um, what's the process like? Yeah, so applications for the 2020-2021 calendar year will be available in April. And you can find it on the sjcc.org website. And yeah, it's an application that have some questions for me to get to know about the teens. And then there are interviews with me. And I really love that because I get to meet more teens in the community and learn about them. So yeah, April is when the applications will be available and they'll close in June. So check out the website at sjcc.org. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming in. Thanks for having me. This was great. The Seattle Moodcast was recorded at Full Track Productions in Seattle, Washington. It was produced by Dave Dintenfass and Tamar Libicki, with original music by Sergi Feldman. Thanks again to our guest, Jessica Ost. Jessica wants to point out that the Strom Jewish Community Center's Giving Initiative for Teens is generously supported by the Jewish Teen Funders Network and the Samus Foundation.